0: Welcome to an Athlete for Life podcast. I'm your host, Ian Lawrence, and every week we share the stories of everyday people who strive to be an athlete for life in hopes that these stories spark that fire from within you to help you become the best version of yourself. With that being said, let's get into the episode and enjoy. It's always awkward trying to start a podcast because it's like I haven't done that many, so I'm just like, how do you start this thing, you know? Trying to find your flow. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's all like just keep. If I fail one time, just keep moving forward. Yeah, for sure. 100
1: yeah. percent agree with that. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for thanks for coming on and and being open to telling your story here. So.
1: No, like I like I said before, yeah. it's like uh, quite the compliment that somebody actually <laughs> wants to talk to me about it. So.
0: Yeah, I just think everyone has a cool story out there, and and it's just every like you know you can learn from everybody um, if you just take the time to listen. So. Hopefully we can get, get something out of this one and hopefully someone can learn, you know, but yeah. So I guess, uh, we're here with Jordan, um, and we meant, I guess, f- through football and university, but, uh, today we're just gonna, I'm going to learn some stuff about you and, and hopefully the listeners can, uh, find some inspiring things through your stories or, you know, but, right uh, yeah, let's. Let's start with uh, growing up, I guess. What, what was sports and athletics to you?
1: Um, I started sports when I was really young. I started playing t-ball and softball between the ages like four and ten. And then uh, that I don't have much memories of that, really, because, you know, you're just being a kid playing or getting friend, or making friends and, you know, learning the basis of the sport. Right. Um, But one thing was for sure is that's when I started to realize that I was bigger than everybody else at that time, you know? Um, And then I started playing hockey when I was 10. Uh, And that my first year of hockey was a, was an eye opener because, you know, baseball, I was kind of, you know, able to hit the ball pretty well or, you know, throw the ball pretty far given the age. Right. And then once I changed the sport, You know, I'm down to the bottom of the tier where I was like, oh, well, I got to learn how to play if I want to be better. Right. And that's when I actually started picking up weights. And so, like, around 11 years old, I started actually training because I learned really quickly that, you know, training outside of hockey will help you, you know, with the sport. I mean, that's with all sports, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, being, like, the worst player on your team is quite an eye-opening experience
2: especially at a young age. Um, I'm the youngest of three boys, right? So competition is kind of
1: <laughs> part of my life because, yeah. you know, growing up, you're always, you're not always, but for a majority of it, you're either last or get picked last or you're always losing because your older brothers are just, you know, dominating you and beating you up and all that stuff. Um, but as for my family overall, like, I wouldn't say we're, like, overly athletic. Um, My grandpa, on my mom's side, he, I guess he's kind of where the sport gene comes from because he played rugby at Mount Allison and he also played uh, hockey at Radisson or it's called Toronto Metropolitan University right now, I think. Um, And also my mom was, like, a total bad bitch at field hockey apparently from what my aunts say and she loved to swim and it was actually it's actually hilarious there's like this like minor story we were ripping down my fence in my backyard and like we have like these 75 pound segments of wood for the fence right and we're throwing them out into the trash and my mom's like just chucking them and i'm like oh so i guess that's where i get it from
3: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: um but they were like the family's just overall, everybody's just big sports fans. We love watching football, hockey. So that's where I kind of gained the love of sports and competition was just through them cheering and and the support for sports, I guess. Um, But I'd say my, my work ethic really comes from my parents because both my mom and my dad, they just, when they do something, they do it right. And they work hard, you know, Um, you know my dad he's provided for our family my whole life and you know he's gone on business trips all the time just to make sure he's putting food on the table and you know he's doing whatever he can to to provide for us right and same with my mom like my mom was a stay-at-home mom for until I was 14 or so but you know as soon as high school comes around and you know they want to start saving up for post-secondary education for my brothers and I like she had to pick up another job and you know every time you would talk to someone from my mom's work, she's like, oh
2: my God, she's the best. She works so hard, blah, 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 right?
1: Uh, And same with my dad. Like if you would have like his boss over or coworker, we'd go out for dinner with his coworkers. They would just compliment him on how, how much he he sticks his neck out there for them and for his company. Right. So I guess it just kind of was taught to me at a young age that like, you know, if you want something work hard for it. Right. Um, but I never really got to play a high level of sports until high school. Right. So I mean, as soon as high school comes in, you got high school football, high school hockey. Um, so I, I played football, hockey and track. So I was doing sports every, every season of the school year. Right. Um, And that's also another time where you start to realize like you're not that special until like you make it. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Like,
0: yeah, I think, I think with that, like, like you're kind of saying like, I guess from like a young age, you realize that, you know, when, when you're not, I guess, naturally talented or at the top that that hard work's going to have to be put in to be able to, mm -hmm. you know, to get, at par with those people who are just naturally talented right yeah um and that was good like you said like i heard something the other day where it's 50 percent of like your or i guess your genetics um determine like your overall like brain composition stuff like that and and but what was also good i think for you is the fact that like you said your parents would put in that hard work so like what you were surrounded by was just always this hard-working core and you kind of just adopted that onto yourself which is you know again when you don't have the talent you got to work hard you know
2: yeah and like the good
0: old saying goes is like hard work beats talent every day of the week right exactly
1: like uh high school football again like you see some really talented people Mm -hmm. and they just get an ego and they're like haha i don't have to show up for practice and then lo and behold they fall behind and you're just like Mm -hmm. well it was a show right yep um, yeah, like, uh, you know, growing up, I wasn't like my family, my family's not extremely wealthy. Right. So, you know, they couldn't afford expenses of like training or, you know, playing triple A hockey or anything like that. Right. Cause, uh, when I started, when I actually did play my first year of ref hockey in grade 10, like the triple A coach is like, yeah, we're going to go to Florida and a couple other American cities. And like straight up says the cost is going to be around 10 grand just for like the tournaments and stuff. Wow. And the double the A team wasn't much different. Like they were around like 7,000 or something like that for the year. And I, I, so I was kind of out by default because my parents straight up said, was like, we're sorry, but like, we can't afford that. It's, it's crazy. Right? Yeah. So like hockey's an expensive sport. Right. Yeah. Um, but I did manage to play single A hockey. Um, and that was, that was some of the best hockey I played. We, it was a lot of fun I mean it was really different because I, I was used to playing with my friends right and I mean I, I did you play hockey growing up or
0: no so yeah that's the thing I never played hockey um for the same kind of reason it was just so expensive right and uh, yeah. couldn't afford it and so yeah I stuck to just just other sports that you could play that were you know inexpensive and
1: yeah, yeah. but like I mean like most sports like they have, they consistently have the same players on their team over time. And that's kind of like what this, uh, environment was. So it was all these guys who've been playing with each other for five years or so. Right. So they're all buddies. Right. And then the new guy comes in you're you're like the black sheep almost. Right. Uh Um, and like, like I said, like I just like to work hard and I just, you know, my dad would always say like lead by example. Right. And, um, it's kind of funny because my last name is Adams, right? So A, every time in, in school, it's like going alphabetical order. So every time they try to do something like a spelling contest or whatever, uh. you go alphabetical order. So I'm always like first or top of the list, right? So he always like engraved in my head lead by lead by example, right? Um, but you know, seeing as they couldn't really afford the extra training and stuff, I had to do it all myself, like, I'd be shooting pucks from like the time I got home from school till like it's dark, right? Or I'd be stick handling for a couple hours when I get home, or going to the track or going to the football field to do some off ice training and stuff like that, or in my basement lifting some weights. Like if I wasn't doing something, like that was a that was a problem when I was a, when I was a kid, really.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, like uh, I still remember after my single A season, like, my dad goes up to the coach. He says, oh, thank you so much for you know, taking a chance on Jordan. This, it was uh, very nice to see him play, like, this level of hockey and have such a great time. And the coach is, like, yeah, honestly, don't worry about it because if we had a whole team full of Jordans, like, we would have been undefeated, <laughs> you know? And, like, yeah. not trying to toot my own horn, but, like, <laughs> I was I was scoring, like, one, two, sometimes three goals a game on a regular basis. Like, yeah, I – and it was kind of funny because, like I said, when you when you enter a, an environment where everybody's, like, they already know each other or they already anticipate the, 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 how the season's going to go for them, and then they have someone come in, this, like, you know, this dark horse, I guess, and he's exploring all their goals. They get really annoyed about it for some reason when they're kids and everybody's got this, like, ego complex at that time. But, yeah, like, Rep sports is a fucking
3: <laughs> piranha pit, man.
0: It, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, with that, it's just like when someone comes in and you see that they're doing something that no one else is, it's easy to just to cast judgment, right, and be like, oh, this person's this or that. But yeah. that's the thing, in, I think, in, in life is you have to try and, and do those things that no one else is doing. Separate um, yourself from the pack exactly I mean there's a reason no one's doing it it's like it they're not doing it because they're scared of what other people are going to think so why not just go do it you know like okay. those are those are usually the hard things you got to lean into that are actually going to get you somewhere and and that's what you see like you're saying like by going home and training all the time like you know you could have been out hanging out with friends blah blah, blah. but instead you know it kind of helped you well it obviously helped you um with the hockey and 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 I think also with like you were saying how your, your last name's Adams. And so you would always have to go first for things. I think that, that may have like helped you out because it would have kind of developed that, like, all right, if I, even if I don't know it, like I'm going to have to, I'll fail the first time, but then, you know, I'll learn from it and maybe versus the person whose name is last on the list where they're like, oh, you know, like I'll never actually fail because I'll have all these answers ahead of me you know, it's almost like you, maybe you gained an, a mental advantage from that. Right. Cause mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're that kid now that's not afraid to put up their hand first or, or, oh, no, or do those things. Right. Not at all. <laughs> and and that a lot of people are like, like to, to go out on a limb and like, be like, I I may not know this and I, I'm going to fail at it. Um, some people just, you know, go into themselves and just not do that. And then, mm-hmm. and that's where you you know, you're losing opportunity to learn and things like that. So yeah, that that's kind of that's cool. Just just how maybe your last name may may have helped you out a bit in life here.
1: <laughs> yep, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I guess going kind of touched on the high school athletics there. Um what kind of got you into into football? I know you're talking about hockey there a bit, but kind of wow. yeah. So
1: I mean, at least at my, my elementary school, we were always playing like schoolyard football, right? So when the football coach from Notre Dame came to our school to talk to us about you know trying out, like all the guys were all the guys were going, right? Um, it, was like a, it was like a big deal for some reason, right? Um, and at the time, Notre Dame had won like two offices in a row. And yeah, like all, all the kids, in my grade knew that. So we were all really hyped to go and try out and play for the, play for this high school. Right. Um, but like, it was a roller coaster really. Cause like the first year, you know, you're trying to like, as well, for me, at least I was just trying to figure out what position I wanted, or I knew I wanted to be a running back since like before I tried out. Right. But then they put you in a position and you can't really argue with it unless you, like, if you don't want to play, then you can go and do what you want to do. But if you want to play, you just kind of have to play as to where they put you. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so they put me at, at linebacker and I was the only guy on the team who could kick a ball. So I was a linebacker and kicker for the first, uh, for my first year. Um, and just dealing with the, the sheer chaos of the sport, like having 12 guys just fight each other basically. Uh, it was just crazy. Right. Um, but near the end of the season, like I started getting a handle of it, you know, calming down and like doing, doing good things in the sport. Right. Um, grade 10, we, uh, it was my first experience winning a championship with, uh, with football, uh, which is good. Like we had a great team, a whole bunch of guys who ended up going off and playing post-secondary football. Um, we went all the way to like the Metro bowl semifinals or something like that. But the very next year was a humbling experience because we didn't win a game. Right. Wow! And I remember very specifically, we had like a Friday night lights against, uh, Nelson was, was also a big football high school, right? Yep. Um, we were up like 28, seven at the halftime ended up losing like 52 to 28. Oh, we got man. spanked, right? <laughs> it was like the second game of the season or something like that. And that's just kind of how how the season went. It was brutal. Um, so after that humbling season, you know, you start to be like, okay, hey, like if I want to do something in the sport, I got to get a whole lot better, right? Yeah. And so I played the Stampeders and I also played – uh or i did this program called opc which is ontario prospect challenge Mm -hmm. right and i think it's hilarious but there's a video on youtube of like the game recaps and like that was like probably my worst game of football ever because like (laughs) i just wasn't in the right mind there was like it's all these like top prospects from different regions so like it's like um burlington oakville halton area kind of thing in like toronto and we played a Play like Niagara and St. Catharines. Yeah. And there's like multiple clips of me just getting rocked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like pancakes flat oh. on my ass. It's like again, it's one of those experiences where it's like you need to shape up or shape out. Uh-huh. You know? Um so really really hit the training and hit the hit the weights and, and the field to do the best I can to to get better. Right. In grade 12 was a little different um we were winning more games we ended up uh, losing in the halton semifinals and it was actually the first time i got to play a little bit of running back and i was never the fastest guy like even in hockey Mm -hmm. my nickname was freight train because like (laughs) i was never fast but you just couldn't really stop me yeah yeah and like i remember running the ball for a couple yards and then i hear from the sideline my coach so it was an absolute beauty. He's like, Adam's picking up your feet. You're slower than Hogan's goat. And it's just <laughs> an inside joke with all my my uh, high school teammates Yeah, with that. Um, but, yeah, uh, played some stamps, Burlington Stampeders football. Um, and just playing with, you know, the best players in Burlington or – Cause they were really pulling kids from like Oakville and, and mm-hmm. Halton Hills. So it was kind of like the best players in the Halton area. That was, that was really good for me. Cause then again, it kind of sets the the standard as to how you're going to play and how, how well you have to play. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I returned for a semester because, you know, I, I mean, if you're a high school football player and you and you love it, like you, you try your best to, to go, go for, or go somewhere with it. Right. Yep. Um so I ended up playing running back and linebacker in my returning season and really kicked ass at running back and managed to get the attention of, you know, the York football team. And uh, so they, I ended up signing with them and, you know, joining their team and you know going to school there. And so, yeah, but uh, other than football, I was playing hockey and, and track, like I said. Mm-hmm. And, like, the hockey was just that was the best hockey I've, I've ever played. Like, playing with all these different levels of like triple A, double A, single A, and even some house league guys, like our team was such a mixture of levels or skill levels. Cause like we had some guys who could, you know, break glass with slap shots, but also yeah. some guys who like, look like Bambi on skates, you know? Um, Beef. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun I'd say. And then track track was cool uh you have to see some some legit athletes you know yeah. like you never realize you know kids are trying to be on team canada mm-hmm. at like the age of 16 until you're you know playing or you're not playing you're running in track right because <laughs> i remember watching some guy from saint mary's in hamilton or something like that and they're like oh yeah he's like on team canada and he's running like a 10 second 100 meters and you're like bro like i can maybe run 14 seconds yeah yeah it's <laughs> insane. Know? um and but i also did throw shot put and javelin and i ended up getting a silver in the halton finals for shot put i forget how far it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> um and then i actually went all the way to south regional OFSA for the javelin and that was that was a cool experience but again like you see in this display of all these kids who are just like athletically gifted and like they're they're owning it right so it's like wow like it's not that I was like oh I'm behind the ball it's just like wow like you know I can I can compete with these people you know yeah so that was that was really cool in terms of my high school experience so
3: yeah
0: yeah again I think just another another good lesson there is just like all these like turning points it's like you went in there and like obviously like you're saying weren't the the most talented blah 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 And you could have easily just quit everything, you know, and just stopped and not done anything. But instead, you 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 know, you took the right mindset and was like, you know what, I'm going to get better. Because if I put in the time, if I'm consistent, you know, put in the effort, you know, you can get up there with those who are naturally talented.
1: Very rarely was I home after school before 5 o'clock. Yeah. Because I always had practice. I always had something going on going on and like i i learned about two days in like (laughs) grade 10 like i was i would wake up in the morning go to the gym at school Mm -hmm. work out go to school have practice or whatever and then come home do a little bit of schoolwork and then i'd go to the gym Yeah. and my parents are like what is wrong with this kid (laughs) you know um but yeah like like compared to my friends, like it was really hard to, to maintain friendships really, because, you know, mm-hmm. they're all hanging out the, without you and um, you're just doing your thing. You're working, you're trying to get better. You're trying to go somewhere. Um, and that's what I kind of think is a lot of people or a lot of kids these days are kind of blind to where it's like, they always want to be hanging out and, you know, being with their friends, which is totally like this totally justifiable. Yeah. Right. Cause you know, you want to be social want to have friends but you know it's usually the people who are willing to sacrifice the friendships and you know be the loners and you know they're the ones who become successful in in athletics really because you know they're taking the time and doing the work and doing their doing their thing you know
0: yeah and that's thing it it's it's rare to find like a group that will do that together but if you could that'd be awesome to find
2: oh for Um, sure
0: yeah it's, it's actually, it's- you know, Oh, <laughs> there, we go. there we go. We're good. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Just to, just to add a little bit about high school hockey, like, you know, talking about playing or competing with, you know, very skilled athletes. Um, it really showed me that, you know, the title of like triple A, double A or single A doesn't really matter because I remember in my uh, junior hockey season, so when I was in grade 10, um, it was two of my buddies who played like minor development at house league. And then I played single A and then all the other lines were like triple A, double A, you know, good, good hockey players, right? But consistently at the tournaments, it was our line scoring most of the points and scoring most of the goals just because we had such chemistry and we just, you know, managed to just score goals like we didn't we weren't the best on the ice for like not by any means but we just had a good chemistry managed to score goals and then going into senior hockey um grade 11 and 12 it was kind of the same deal and it was funny because when we first started playing in grade 11 they kind of split us up our line um and we were still playing well, still, you know, scoring a couple goals here and there. But once they put us back together, it was the same deal. Like it was just this chemistry that we had and just showing up all these high level players, you know, we're, we're playing against teams that have, you know, we were playing some Hamilton teams where they're allowing players to play rep and high school hockey. Cause in Halton, they wouldn't let you do that. Um, we were still like, keeping up and, and like being the best players on the team, which is pretty insane. So when people are like, oh, like this guy plays AAA, he must be so good. It's like, that's well, not, so not always the case, you know, there's always those, those diamonds in the rough, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's a whole different topic conversation dealing <laughs> with like
0: the, the sociology
1: of, of sports and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah. Well, that's the thing I, I heard uh, on a podcast the other day with about NFL teams, right? Like sometimes you'll have an NFL team, that doesn't like the lineup against another team doesn't look the greatest. But if the chemistry on that team is more like cohesive than the other team, you yeah. know, they have they'll actually end up winning. And that's just because, um, yeah, like you're saying, like who you're playing with and and how you get along with those people might end up boosting your performance over yeah. you know, another team that that is yeah. technically better and more talented, but because you know they can't get along or whatever. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that's that is true. Um, yeah, I guess uh, if you want to, we can move on to uh, kind of transitioning into to university uh, with, I guess, academics and athletics. If you want, yeah. And yeah, just take us take us through that how that was for you. So that was, I wouldn't even
1: say it's a roller course. It's more like mountain climbing, man. <laughs> like uh, it was my university experience has been. Like amazing, to mm. say the least like, and i wouldn 't really change it for anything, even though it hasn 't been you know the greatest experience i'd say yeah um, so first year was tough as usual, like as every as it is for everybody, you know, especially being a a student athlete like you're just you just like you thought you had the ropes of being a student athlete from high mm-hmm. school, but this is just completely different, right? Like, yep. you're almost a you're almost a professional, right? Like, like uh coach would always say, like we're semi professional because technically we, we really
0: were, mm-hmm. right?
3: And, and especially then, in
0: Canada too. Sorry to cut you off, but no. the thing is, in Canada, it's so different, right? Like everyone sees the states and they get full ride scholarships and they get meals, all this, all that. Like yeah, we do get some of that, but it's truly different. Like we don't, we're not just out there taking all the money, and we don't get really any money to be honest. No, so it, no. it is very different.
1: The, the most they can fork out is forty five hundred bucks, right? Which is yeah. a substantial amount that, that pays for quite a bit of the tuition. But mm-hmm. I I wasn't blessed with that, which is you know rightfully so. Like I wasn't anything really special. Yeah, but you know, so I it required me to work, work out, do football and school, right? So it was, it was hard, you know, um, balancing all of that and trying to have a social life. I like guess damn near impossible, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, when I, when I first came to York, my very last game for stamps, I we were playing Brantford and I I catch a screen. I ran for like 25 yards or so. And then some like a safety or halfback comes and tackles my leg and I get a minor lcl tear in my left leg and a big deep muscle bruise in my calf oh and I didn't I didn't tell anybody about it because I was like man like I'm not gonna go there and be like ha, I'm injured like mm. fuck like you know that's not a way to make a name for yourself right so and I didn't really accept any excuses at that time because I was very much I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say a beat but definitely mm-hmm. like a hard-toned, like get shit done kind of guy, yeah. right? Um, and I like it, it's football. Like you have to push through sometimes, right? Um, but there were some times where like we would be leaving the field, and I like couldn't walk on my leg because mm-hmm. like the, the bruise was just that bad, and, and like I just didn't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. So I just you know kept on going, going through, and it was a it was a pain to get to get rid of that that injury, um, but like everything was fine like nothing serious happened um and then once school started after training camp like that was like okay yeah, like the wheels are turning now like we 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 got to keep up or, or you're going to be left behind right yeah um i don't think i've put in so much work <laughs> up to that point ever you know like it was go 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 like wake up go to school study you know study hall practice or workout and then practice right mm-hmm. um and then what I, I dressed for like one game which is like totally understandable first year running back like i mean we had jesse Yamunca and Caden johnson like
3: yeah <laughs> you know
1: trying to yeah. compete with those guys like it's again like an eye-opening experience for sure and yeah you know it really showed me that hey like you gotta muster up some some courage to like not back down from a mm-hmm. fight, you know, cause like
2: they were not, you know, they were the fight, you know? Yeah. Um, and then this was, this is what, what made first year kind of, kind of suck. So after winter
1: break uh, I came back from, you know, vacation or the mm-hmm. two week vacation that we had. And my Nana would always call me before, any semester started whether it was like elementary school high school or now university right she would always wish me good luck and stuff like that so you know pick up the phone it's my nana calling me she's like oh my gosh i love you so much Uh, good luck with the upcoming semester study hard and train hard but you know stay healthy and i'm like okay you know routine okay thank you so much nana like right and then i get back to my dorm room and I don't know if you remember Ben Phelps, but I rem I, I roomed with Ben Phelps. He's a great guy and he was a major part in, you know, keeping me at least level headed for the most part, you know? Um, and we're just sitting there talking about her vacation. and then I get a call from my mom and she's like in tears saying that I got to come back home because my nanas is in the hospital. And I'm like, what? Like I literally just talked to her like, yeah. five hours ago, you know? Um, And she ended up, she actually had an aneurysm and that was a crushing experience where, you know, I walked through the hospital doors and you see someone, you know, and love and you've known and loved them for your whole life Yeah, and
2: it's the same person, but it's definitely not, you know, um, and that was, that was tough, you know, I mean. Family affairs aside, like it
1: was just my my first major loss, I'd say. Um, so I had to like I didn't really have a choice, but you, you got to move on with life, right? You can't just be stuck in, in this in this slump, right? Um, and that was good because you know football and school kind of forced me to do that. You know, yeah, coming back, or I had to come back almost as soon as possible. for for training and and for, uh, for studies. Right. Uh, And then, you know, like the university experience, you, you find some people and you, you gain relationships and start dating people, whatever, like it's just the norm. Right. Uh, Second year. I, I was, I was in a very toxic relationship with someone and, and I didn't realize it. Right. So, Over the summer, I was just focused on on training, right? And I was, like, the biggest and fastest I've ever been, right? And I just kind of was blinded by that to, like, outside and external factors, such as, like, this this relationship that I was in, right? And, you know, I was living with this person and
2: uh, I got a concussion the first day of training camp. When we started up, and
1: that felt like a kick to the nuts because (laughs) it was like you you
2: spend like a year after you find out that you've been redshirted. You're like, okay, cool, yeah, get it. Now
1: it's time to put in some work for next year because it's like, yeah, like you may dress, you may play, but you're like, okay, like I've I've been kind of put to the side, you know, and you totally get it um it's like and if you were not gonna be okay with that then you don't understand the point of it
3: yeah, you know? yeah.
1: um so after like a whole year's worth of training i come back first day and i get a conky, and that was just like wtf you know like <laughs> why you know and so i ended up having fallout with this this person i was in a relationship with and like i was in, in like a really dark place because of the concussion and, and with what was going on. And, you know, there's a reason why they say, don't do drugs, mm-hmm. uh, drink or have sex when you have a concussion, because it, it fucks you up. Right. Like I, yeah. after the multiple years of studying Ken, like you understand like neurotransmitters and dopamine and serotonin. So like I, my levels for all that stuff was just, Lacked like I was mm. I was just all over the place, you know. Um but again, like thankful for football because I, I had to move home because it, since I was living with this person, I couldn't live with them anymore, you know. Yeah. And uh thankfully for football, it kept me in the line in terms of like you have to show up, you know. And like it gave me structure throughout the day. So I didn't really have to think too much about what I was doing. I just had to do it. Right. And like, unfortunately, like I was, I was totally addicted to to smoking pot, which, you know, it helped, but really it, it didn't, you know, um, it just helped with like the exhaustion and the pain. And so when I moved home, I still had to show up for morning lifts, right? Like I, I couldn't, not do it right they yeah that's 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 how it goes (laughs) um (laughs) so i had to wake up at four o'clock in the morning because i i understood how important nutrition was so i had to Mm -hmm. wake up at four just so i could eat a proper meal and then i took the bus at seven or at five thirty got to school for like seven or six thirty took like a little nap or whatever, and then lift weights by 7.30, go to the track for 10, Mm -hmm. and then do school from 10 till like 5 or so. And then when we started having spring camp, that was like from 4 till 8, right? And a lot of times I wasn't getting home until 10 p.m. And I wasn't getting asleep Mm -hmm. till 12. Right. So it's like I was living off four hours of sleep consistently for like four months, you know, and that, that really showed me how much I could handle. And it, it, it I would not recommend <laughs> <to> <laughs> anybody um, definitely try to do better than four hours of sleep, that's for sure. But like yeah. I had to do what I had to do, really. Right. And I was really in like a fight or flight situation. And I wasn't. I wasn't gonna run, you
3: mm-hmm. know.
1: Um, and so like the guys on the team were were pretty great. Like I never really told anybody about anything that was going on with me, you know. Like my my grandpa was fighting cancer, and like that that situation that I was in was just bad, and I was just you know in my own little world, right. But I still tried to like maintain. Presence and like Brazo and voci were kind of were my training partners for most of the time, and like again, like I didn't really tell them what, what was going on, but they just managed to you know but the most or was it bolster up some some uh consistency with me and showing up and like it was like kind of like i don't know, I don't want to say they made me happy, but like they <laughs> definitely you know got me to laugh and you know bring out the bright side in me. Right. Um, And yeah, like, again, I was, I was coming back pretty strong and, you know, lifting heavy weights again and, and, and performing pretty well on the track and like things were looking up pretty well or pretty good. And uh, I remember uh, we were in the field house one time and we were doing a drill as the three-way tug of war. Right. And it was running backs, linemen, and quarterbacks, and then D linemen, linebackers, and then halfbacks, or or, yeah, DBs and and wide receivers. And there was a tire in the middle. And it was Bricella, Tony, and me on one. And then I forget who was on the other uh, ropes. And I wrapped the ropes around my arm. And KP's like, don't do that, like that'll break your arms. He's like, I'm like, no, coach, I got it. Don't worry. And he's like, no, like I'm serious. I was like, well, so am I. Right. <laughs> and he's like, all right. So we start and we're going and everybody's pulling. And I get like yanked forward. Like I almost fell over, right? And but I managed to keep my feet and I'm like, my ass is basically on the ground and I'm still pulling. And I keep pulling, keep pulling. I'm like in like a total like primal state of like yeah. just just like dog mode, you know? Like yeah. I, I'm feeling like this burning sensation in my entire body. And like I'm almost like blacking out and I'm just like pull, 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 pull. I'm not even breathing and I'm just like you're going insane, right? And then I end up falling back and, and everybody's like freaking out every cheering was, oh, fucking hell. This is fucking <laughs> crazy. and she's like pushing me around I'm like what is going on you know I'm so dazed and confused because I really had no idea what was going on and then was like yeah like you literally just pulled like six dudes <laughs> and I'm like what like yeah like Tony and Brusella fell and and it was literally you just you on the ropes yeah right? and I'm like oh damn like what like yeah it's, it was crazy Right, and so it's like after that experience, I kind of again like showing myself like I'm I'm more capable of things than than I mm. think, right? And you know, especially training for for this uh, half Ironman, like every time I was exhausted or or I was like willing or I was ready to just stop running and walk, I was like, nah, man, like you pulled six grown men like <laughs> the of training, you know, at the, at the peak of training in, in off season, like you pulled yeah. six grown men, you know, so you can pull through. Um, so yeah, uh,
3: no, that, yeah, like, yeah.
1: going back to that whole commoder or camaraderie and like, just having the guys around and, and being supportive, like that really, really helped me out in my mental state.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Um, and like, I'm not going to go into like any other like social aspects of football because it's like, yeah. just a little it's not not for me to comment on because it's not exactly positive but you know i i try to be like a motivational guy you know and like i don't want to say i'm a natural born leader but like Mm -hmm. you know i i kind of sort of am in terms of just being like 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 i said before lead by example right and like i could always feel like some some friction again uh with some of the guys which is like it's just natural it happens especially when you have a group of 75 guys like you're not going to get along with everybody right
3: yeah
1: um but in the summer i was studying for for uh, a class of mine that had been postponed because of uh the strike that happened mm-hmm. and i'm just sitting there and i'm like trying to read this textbook and i'm like what is going on like i'm reading the same line like four times and i'm like i can't get what it says even though it's like this simple phrase right like it's just mm-hmm. not comprehending in my head and like at that point i was just like man like you know my my head was still kind of hurting and like before this happened i was you know like i said like i was pretty heavily in the smoking pot and like it was a it wasn't good and i ended up uh getting some some laced stuff and i didn't know and i had uh Smoked it and whatever, and then I smoked it again, and I ended up mm-hmm. actually having a seizure, and and like I was like seizing on the floor, and it was just fucked up, right? And I ended uh. up going to the hospital, and and it was another eye-opening experience where, you know, they give you the piss or the piss cup, and you do your your pee test, and like mm-hmm. I was it, was, it looked like I was peeing jello. It was it was weird, right? And the doctor comes in and he's like yeah like you overdosed on bali and ecstasy and i was like oh cool like i have never done and never uh, wanted to do those yeah. you know and when someone you don't know is telling you you need to change your
2: life uh or your habits or you're gonna die mm-hmm. it's it's pretty uh it's pretty
1: different you know um and Like it was totally accidental, right? Like, but it's just the fact that I was, you know, consistently smoking and like not really caring about where I got my stuff from or, you know, I just wanted to to get high and stuff like that. That's where it was like, okay, like you have a problem. Yeah. Right. So I started seeing a social worker and saw a social worker for like a year
2: and a half or so. And you know, after quitting football, it was really difficult to deal with just
1: the structure of just school right so my social worker kind of really helped me deal with that and uh get get a level head really right um and I kind of was like oh man like I just lost like 75 friends that I had just made you Mm -hmm. know um which is kind of true because like you just you're not with them anymore because like they're they're busy doing their own thing. Cause it's like that's the nature of, of football, right? Like you're doing film, you're, you're studying, you, you got to stay on top of your stuff. So it's like, like, again, like if you fall behind, you're, you're not, I had, I had to retire, right? Like I mm-hmm. had to, I couldn't play anymore cause my head. So like I totally understood that. And I was kind of expecting like, uh, a lack of acceptance from, from some of the guys. But every time I saw one of the, one of the guys from the team, like they were always just you know give me high fives or props or whatever, and ask me how I'm doing. And I was like, damn, like, it helped a lot. And like for the guys that, that did do that, like, like Ross, Luke, you know, Jeff, for sure. Uh, Bochi Brazo, like every time I saw those guys, they were just, you know, being good dudes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that, that really helped me um kind of let go of some of the things that were in my head um so yeah and I'm, I'm i'm still doing my undergrad still trying to finish it almost done and like i almost got kicked out of school because um after my second and third year when i was really dealing with my whole concussion situation i wasn't doing that well in, in, with my grades right mm-hmm. um you know i was only getting D's and, and season and you know, you have to maintain a, a, a C average for Ken, right? So they're like, okay, well, like you're on academic prob- probation, and we're gonna drop you down in psychology. And I'm like,
3: <laughs> right, and yeah. Like, if you
1: don't pick up your grades, like you're gonna, we're gonna have to kick you out, right? And totally understandable. And like, I didn't argue with it at all. Like, I I'm very much like, you know, if life deals you a shitty hand, don't fold. And be like, screw this game. You you play it out because you never know, yeah. right? Something might might happen, and you might have act. You might have the cards for cards for it, right? Um, and so last year, after my third year, I did a little better. Still not still not great in in school, and then COVID happened, right? So all the lockdowns, and you know, you get sent home, and you're on online schooling, and I finished the second semester online and I really didn't like it.
3: Mm.
1: Right. So I was like, okay, you know what? Take a breather. You know, I just had like a shit kicking of uh, last two years. Mm-hmm. So uh, I took some time off school and, you know, got a job. I was a personal trainer um, for good life and that was all right. You know, I got some work experience and life experience outside of school and and really, indulged in self-study yeah right like i i was reading you know stoic books and trying to learn how to master my emotions and, mm-hmm. and you know be able to make the right decisions in life that aren't gonna like negatively impact me later on right um and yeah you know, so i i mean like that's where i found david goggins <laughs> right? Where it's like, you know, your life, your life may be shitty, but you can still do something with it, right? And it's not like yeah. my life was was awful or anything at the time. It's just like I had to have somebody to tell me, it's like, grow up, you know? Yeah.
2: And it gives you some like, perspective there. Exactly, right? and And yeah, like it, it really made me understand that. I am in control of my
1: life and I'm now I'm very much a person where it's like, you know, you are fully responsible for the shitty situations that you put yourself in because, you know, yeah, sure. There's external factors and, you know, you can't control everything, but you can control how you react to things and you can control like what you do in situations and to limit yourself from
2: situations. Right. Um so with that I just became more independent and became you know more
1: self-sufficient I guess this is same as independent really but Mm -hmm. um, in terms of
2: like emotional uh, what am I trying to say here more like I was emotionally okay with myself Mm.
1: hello okay thank you (laughs) um um yeah like i i for a long time i was you know very i guess you could say needy or you know you want people to like you or you don't want to be the odd one out and but after you know that whole year of just working and, and working on myself and, and figure out what I want to do and who I want to be. I didn't really care about what anybody else thought of me or, you know, I started, like, I literally, I started goal setting. I started, you know, self-evaluation all the time, you know, and especially when, you know, you and Brazo and I were doing that 4am wake up, <laughs> wake up posts on our story that we're out working. Yeah. right. Um, and the thing was, is like, at first I was like, man, like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to seem like I'm cocky or anything, whatever. But again, like I sort of didn't care, but it was kind of in the back of my head. And then uh, out of nowhere, a lot of people started being like, yo, like it's so motivational. Like now I'm getting up early and I'm like going for a (laughs) walk or I'm going for a run. I'm doing something like, Hey, you know what? Like I'm actually like kind of
2: helping some people, you know? Um, so yeah, that was, that was rewarding really mm. right mm-hmm. and uh then I I enrolled in
1: classes again after uh the year off and uh yeah I, I literally just had like the, the best academic year I've ever had almost like I, I was never like an A plus student and I was always like you know C's B minuses D's kind of thing you know I didn't really care that much about school growing up Cause I was always focused on, on sports. Cause I, I was so driven to go and do something in sports. Right. Um, but once that gets taken away, like you gotta, you gotta have a backup plan. Right. Yeah. So I've, I, I, now that's all I have really is just <laughs> education. Right. And, which is totally great because you know, it's something to strive for. And like now I've gained this, this craving for learning and, and you know, gaining knowledge is something I, I love to do now. Right. Um, and then the thing was, was I was still, I was still smoking. Right. Mm. So even though like I was you know, okay with myself, I was mentally okay and whatever, but with uh, the lockdowns and stuff, like I was like, Oh, what else do I do? Like I'm stuck inside. And like, mm-hmm. like a lot of people, you just like, especially when marijuana was legalized not too long before, like you just start smoking. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's more like, you know, I had worked so much on developing myself, but the one thing I just couldn't get rid of was the smoking. Right. Hmm. And like, I knew it was bad in my head and, but I just kind of let it slide. I always made excuses. I was like, Oh, you know, it's okay. Like, yada yada it helps me blah 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 but really it just kind of it was having me be stuck in certain aspects of my life right Mm
3: -hmm. um
1: so i was living with my grandpa at the time because um he just needed somebody to 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 be with you know and um i was in this kitchen making breakfast and uh the uh news is like oh like weather advisory extreme cold stay inside if you can and i'm just like you know what let's go for a swim <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing was like i i knew prior to this the the effects of cold therapy and and yeah and what it can do for you uh because of uh wim hof right and know, uh, yeah, i mean his story it, himself like he's he's pretty incredible you know like yeah um so I was like you know what let's let's give it a try let's let's go do something out of the norm right and so I for like the whole month I was doing those polar dips and getting in the water and and immediately
2: I felt the effects of just it was almost cleansing almost where it really woke me up and like
1: rightfully so like you're getting in the water at like negative 18 degrees outside. Right. <laughs> um, and like, I've, I've been very close to being like offering people who, you know, cause some people would message me throughout that time frame, being like, Oh, like, how do you do this? Like, well, like I got, I, it, it helps me in, in a lot of aspects and I didn't really go into depth about it, but mm-hmm. it really just, brought all that that craving to to smoke and get high just to a
2: halt like immediately it was it was it was insane um and yeah like i so just with you know studying and and knowing what i know about the brain and
1: after that experience with cold therapy and and you know, realizing the effects of it and just how it, it helped me like stop smoking. It was uh, pretty cool. Quite enlightening for sure.
3: Yeah. It's, um, it's insane. Yeah.
0: Once you, like you're saying, once you, cause you've, you were studying kin or you are studying kin, and the more you understand the, the processes of the body and, and how, what the natural state and what it's going through, it kind of like, it puts it in front of you. It's like, here's what's going on. Now that you know that, what are you going to do about it? Or, you know, how are you going to react to it?
1: Yeah. And the thing with me is, like, I was constantly stuck in, like, a loop of just reviewing the past and, like, what did I do wrong? Or, like, what could I do better from the last time? Like, that's not bad, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm a firm believer in, like, you know, past, future, and present, they all happen at once, right? So it's like you can't neglect either of them. You just have to learn from the past do in the, in the present to, to make your future kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, getting in the water, like it, it brings you to the present, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what I needed because like, it, it just kind of, it helped me let go of things.
2: Yeah.
1: Whereas like, okay, like, bring yourself to the moment, like make sure you're breathing, you mm-hmm. know, and just kind of deal with the pain because you know like this like uh like they say you know life is suffering you know and once you get okay with the
0: suffering you'll you'll be all right yeah hey you could have a million dollars you're still going to suffer day in day out yeah it might be a little bit less but you're still going to have it there's
1: going to be other problems you know yeah that's that's one thing too like i one of the main reasons why i wanted to be a football player is because like oh the money right the money (laughs) the money And like, yeah, that's nice and all, but like look at some of the guys who have all this money. Like, sure, they've got the money, but they've got other problems. Mm-hmm. You know, once the money arises, like some problems will go away, but others will arise, right? Yeah. So
0: yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost like the the cold water therapy is like it's kind of the, there there's something in your face the whole time, and then the cold water is like slapped you, and you're like, oh yeah right i i had to deal with this like here i am right now It it's yeah. here like if i yeah. don't deal with it i'm just gonna keep putting it off like you like you kind of were right so
1: yeah yeah and uh it really it, it even opened up some doors because um in one of my classes i was taking a biological basis of behavior class which is mm. kind of like a neuroscience class yeah and um I was telling my professor about, you know, my, my addiction and my concussion and how this is all kind of put it in the past and like helped me kind of recover and and move forward and, you know, deal with my addiction and and deal with my concussion issues that they weren't a problem, but they were kind of still there, you Mm -hmm. know? And he was, after our, our discussion, he's like, man, like, I've been a part of faculty for like 20 years and like this is probably like the most interesting conversation I've ever had and I'm like oh
2: whoa <laughs> and
1: he's like yeah like if you like if you run with this like this could be like a PhD paper and uh, I'm like yeah oh, okay okay yeah I see her. so it, it, I mean open up some doors like maybe not maybe it uh, doesn't matter mm. but it's definitely again one of those things where it's like he kind of made me realize that like I'm again, more capable of things than I thought I was. Yeah. You know?
0: And that, and that's the thing. It's it's the whole mindset of if if you don't believe or, or you can't see yourself as that person, then you're never going to be that person, right? Absolutely but not. As soon as you start realizing, like, or you put yourself like, hey, I am that person today, then, you know, tomorrow you can get there. So,
1: yeah, right. And like, I 100% agree with that because I, I'm like, if you want to like act the part, so to mm-hmm. speak, you know? So if you want to be something, act the part, Yeah. you know, if you want to be a superstar athlete, okay. Act the part, do yep. the training, you know, be diligent on what you do. And like, if you want to be a professor, act the part, you know, like it's all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm just going to step back a bit here and just, I had, I wrote down something just, uh, with with the story you're telling there. Um, One of them is it seemed like when you're going through, you know, the hard time um, in university, um, like you're saying with the relationship, uh, the concussion, all that kind of thing, um, you know, the injuries and stuff like that. um, It's almost like because you had football there as like a difficult um, thing to lean into as well it kind of counteracted what was difficult in your life as well. I I know there's a lot of people who say like, or do, it's like when you have one hard thing going through your life is to find another hard thing to lean into. And, and it helps you get through, you know, both, both at the same time. Um, It kind of seemed, did you feel that when you had to leave football, it may have that, that thing of not having that difficult football schedule there kind of, kind of affected you like were you did you find you kind of dove down a little more without that hard thing
2: uh
1: yes and no Mm -hmm. because like it helped me kind of get over it so I had already moved past it like I had for the most part recovered from my concussion and I got over that 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 relationship that I was in um but uh I think it was just not having that structure and, and again, like you said, like not having that hard thing to lead into. it just,
2: I was kind of lost for a little bit, you know? Um, I was still kind of going through the motions of like
1: traveling to school and, and, and just doing the studying and just doing the work for, for school. Um, But in terms of athletics and, and working out, like, I didn't really have a goal right Mm -hmm. so like i didn't have anything to strive for other than like doing well in school which is like it's fine but you know if you're an athlete you're just kind of like okay like i need my blood pumping i need the adrenaline right and like i'm not a crazy adrenaline junkie but like it's definitely an exhilarating feeling when you know you're at the start line or whatever and you're waiting for the gun to go or you're waiting for the whistle to blow or anything like that and and you just kind of go into the state of mind of just do and and you know fight kind of thing right um so yeah i wouldn't say i kind of stooped down Mm
3: -hmm.
2: lower but uh it was just different like it was it it, it hit me in a different aspect in terms
1: of just being in limbo really right and that's really? when uh, that's when i yeah i didn't uh i didn't really find triathlon right away no um i was like okay like cool we can do like you know bodybuilding or uh stuff like that strength training or, or do like strength competitions but you know i would try to get into those and get into that that sport i guess or competition and it just wasn't wasn't my thing, mm. right? Because like I'm not, I, for a very
2: long time, I was, I was into like, uh, I don't want to say demolish, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like uh, uh minimizing my ego,
2: uh-huh.
1: right, right. Like uh, I didn't really vibe with with bodybuilding because it's like you're being judged by somebody else on how you look yeah you know,
0: true
1: um you're i didn't really like the the whole uh, uh power lifting because it's like let's see how, let's see if you can lift or be the guy who can lift most in the room and it's like okay that's cool and yeah you're pushing yourself to certain aspects and you're still competing but um when i was you know doing the whole wake up at 4 a.m kind of thing like I, the main thing i was i was just competing with myself yeah right whereas like okay like yeah, you show up and you work out, and you can you compete with the team and stuff like that. But you're—I was really like seeing if I could take it, you know, and if I could could survive, right? Mm-hmm. And I was in my head quite a bit, and um, I was—it o- was always kind of like the devil. I wouldn't really say there was much of an angel on my shoulder either. Yeah. It was more like the the devil is just kind of behind me, seeing if I'm going to trip up and and you know lose focus, yeah. right? And so when I was trying to decide on what I wanted to do with sport or with athletics, like I, one thing I like to do is like, I just like to push myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I was already like kind of, I was already strong. I was already like in good shape for, for both like the bodybuilding or the strength or the strength or what is it? It's like a powerlifting, lifting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I, I was never really good at was endurance sports, right? And I was like, "Okay, like, what's something that I'm not exactly good at that mm-hmm. I could definitely use to be better at?" You know, and, mm-hmm. and my endurance definitely was not my strong suit. And I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a long shot to to do an Ironman within like you know less than a year's worth of training, but yeah. I was like, you know, let's do it because uh, I remember. In grade 12, I was doing an exercise science class and, and my teacher was like, yeah, like, if you want to talk about an athlete, like a <laughs> triathlete or an Ironman, that's an athlete because, like, they're not only physically gifted, they're mentally gifted in terms mm. of, like, you know, even when their body's, like, shutting down, they're still saying, no, like, let's go, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, it was it was different. It was different training. It was, it was good. You know, I, I got, like I said before, like, it's a very, very weird experience sitting on a a stationary bike for three hours, (laughs) you know, um, and just sweating it out. And, and it challenged me in so many different ways that, you know, and even though I didn't, I didn't finish my race, which is like, it it itches me in my core that it's Uh like, you know, and, my brother actually said it he's like yeah like he was talking to my brother or my brother Kyle was talking to my brother Jack he's like if he doesn't finish like he's 100% going back right (laughs) and lo and behold like I'm planning on going back right yeah um but talk about fighting your demons (laughs) (laughs) you know um I just remember you know, being in the wa- being in the pool, being like, "Oh my god, I don't know <laughs> if I could do this." You know, like, "What have I gotten myself into like?" And I I did it in a way that is like, you know, that when you sign up, there's like you pay it like five hundred bucks or something, yeah, and you don't get the option to get your money back if you don't want to go, uh-huh. right? And then there's like the seven fifteen option, where it's like, "Okay, like, we'll take like a hundred fifty bucks, but we get most of your money back," right? And I'm like, "Yeah." Okay, well, I'm I'm going all in, you know. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I'm going all in. And I did like the no no refund, so it was like it was a no lose situation, right? And I felt like I kind of thrived in those situations. Like prime example is the 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 tug of war drill that I was talking about, right? Like,
3: yeah.
1: Uh, you know, when when you put yourself against the wall, like it's either you you fight or or you die, right?
3: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, there's no running. <laughs> and so yeah the, the <laughs> triathlon the Ironman like I, I I'm trying to try to find the words as to like what it, what the experience was like yeah but like it's really hard because yeah uh, I it was so exhilarating and like seeing all the people there and, and it really put me in like a a state of mind which I was like I hadn't felt in such a long time because like it was it, it's been like two years since since football right Mm -hmm. and um it wasn't like three now it doesn't matter but yeah when uh so they had like a uh a helicopter go over by it or go over the the starting line and they had fireworks going off and i was like this is this is (laughs) the real deal like i'm getting like amped up right yeah oh yeah and like, all these people are just, like, getting ready to go. And it is is really cool seeing, like, this group of people all just, like, ready to just suffer, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, we, all,
0: we all paid for this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, they did, right? And, um, yeah, like, that was an experience in itself because when we got in the water, actually, before we got in the water, everybody was wearing a wetsuit, right? And there was just, like, me and this one other guy that we're not wearing wetsuits, <laughs> you know? And, like, I, I almost – I got, like, five people commenting on me. I was like, oh, this guy's <laughs> going in naked. <laughs> I'm like, well, if I had known about the wetsuit, like, yeah. I would have worn one, right? Um, but on the day of the race, we I get up, like, 4 o'clock, and, like, I fill my fill my bottles of, like, or yeah. water and, like, electrolytes and stuff like that, have a little bit of bite to eat. And I was like, okay, hey, like – We'll get there at like five. The race doesn't start until like seven. So like I'll eat a little bit and I'll drink a little bit prior so I can have that that, that Mm -hmm. energy, right? And we get into the car. It's dead. Car's dead. Doesn't like no lights, no nothing. Doesn't turn over, whatever. And my mom starts freaking out. And I'm just in the back. I'm like, typical
3: yeah (laughs) you know of course it is what it is
1: (laughs) It is what it is right so i was like fully prepared to just like jog my way to the ironman and we were we weren't in a hotel we were on like an airbnb that was like it was like a 10 minute drive away from from mount trombone Mm. right but like trying to get there without a car like that's a good run (laughs) it's a hike you know um but thankfully we had this couple that was going there to race that that Mm. drove us and we're in the car and she's like this this woman who's driving us there she's like so like where's your wetsuit (laughs) and i'm like what (laughs) she's like yeah like if it's like below 16 degrees or something if the water's below 16 Uh degrees like you have to wear a wetsuit and thankfully it was like 20 degrees Mm. and but she was still commenting on how cold the water was because she lived there right and i'm like well (laughs) <laughs> Little did you know, like I was <laughs> jumping in Lake Ontario in the freezing cold.
2: Yeah, right? yeah.
1: Um, and even like training in my lake at my cottage, like the water was pretty brisk, so mm-hmm. like I didn't have a problem with with the cold water. But just the the chaos of <laughs> the swim was was nuts. Like it, it, I felt like I was like it was like D Day or something. We're storming the beaches and like hundred percent yeah. are like people are everywhere and some guys are like on the life rafts or the, the, yeah, they're just like gasping for air. And some guys are like on their back, just like <laughs> taking a little bit of a break because their lungs are burning and uh, I'm just going, I'm like, Hey, like do not stop. Like, yeah, I, I, I was like making like those those personal contracts where it's like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to touch a life raft. I'm not going to, I'm just going to keep going yeah. at my own pace, you know, cause I always just kept on saying like run my own race. That's, that's what it's about. Right stop competing with people beside you and like i must have kicked a guy in the head like three times by accident Uh (laughs) i like like, i i got kicked in the head too so Uh it's kind of like shit happens really Uh oh yeah (laughs) because everybody's just you know trying to make it and trying to get to the end and and they're not really focused on on anybody
2: else (laughs) um and but fuck man the bike was nuts
1: because there's there's two there were two massive ink massive hills the one's Mm -hmm. like a 300 meter incline the next one's a 400 meter incline right and my problem was i didn't i didn't do like a pre-race study like a month before the race Mm, i didn't know about these inclines (laughs) until like two days before and i was like oh my god (laughs) i didn't do enough hill training for this right yeah yeah um and like you live and learn for sure but i I definitely could have used that that pre-race study Mm -hmm. um because i go down the first hill and i was flying i was (laughs) easily going like 80 kilometers an hour on my bike and i'm like i am kind of scared right now the only thing i have is is a helmet Uh (laughs) you know and like gonna hurt and my wheels are spinning so fast (laughs) i'm on my aero bars and i'm like do not move. Just, just don't move. <laughs> just avoid the fucking potholes. Because I'm like, yeah. oh my god, right? <laughs> and then coming back from the from the checkpoint, the first checkpoint, yeah, starts like it was it was like 36 degrees without the humidity that day, mm-hmm. and I just started seeing people drop like flies, oh. right? Like I saw people like like just cringing and like crumpled over on the side of the road, like waiting mm-hmm. for for a medic to come and get them. And I'm like,
2: damn, like, it's crazy. right? Yeah. And it, it was a very humbling experience because I
1: remember going up the, the, the last hill, the 400 meter incline. And yeah. some like 50 year old lady zooms by me. She's like, you're almost oh.
3: there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
1: thank you. you know i'm dying and like my legs are cramping and i'm like holy crap Uh i had to i had to take a little bit of a break because my legs just wouldn't stop cramping oh god i stretched them out a little bit and a massage therapist and uh emc come out or come behind me and this this group of people and they're like okay like you guys need to like not like you have to get going because the transition is going to close and 20 minutes yeah you're not going to make it if you if you don't get back on your bike and i was like roger that like get back get <laughs> back on the bike go back to or go to the checkpoint come back around and i gotta go back up this this hill right mm-hmm. and i was like on the lowest gear of my bike and my legs were just not doing it oh geez. i took like I, I i had to get off because like i was about to freaking fall over because i was yeah. just not doing anything and as soon as my feet touched the ground my legs just cramped. Uh, my quads cramped, my hamstrings cramped. And I was like bent over my bike, like slowly taking these little steps.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then the, the same massage therapist comes back. She's like, Are you doing okay? And I'm like, Go away. <laughs> <laughs> go away. And I started like trying to walk faster away from them. Yeah. With these cramped legs, right? And then next thing I know, the massage therapist is grabbing me, pulling me off my bike, and the EMC guy is just like let like, go oh, the bike. No. Like over the bike and I'm like no like I don't want to yeah you know because like in my head I was so so driven to finish but like yep. I just I just couldn't do it and it, like it really bothers me that I didn't right oh, yeah um but yeah like that was and I just started breaking down on the side of the road and like I was just like losing my mind
3: and mm-hmm.
1: it was nuts um yeah like you talk about an experience for sure like, <laughs> you know really put me in my place that's for sure
0: yeah It so. that's one of those things where it's like over the next year or or however long it takes you to get back into it you know it's just going to be sitting in the back of your mind like hey you know and and, yeah. th- and there's so much obviously you learn from from that experience of of um i wouldn't even say like it just i did a dnf but i guess you could deem it as like a, a failure right but there's so much you can that's learn that's what
1: it was yeah like, and, but like without failure there is no success right like yeah and if i just didn't learn from my mistakes and my my lack of of preparation mm-hmm. then it, this would be all for nothing right exactly so it's but i like i said like i told you before like i, I just something about me like i just can't
0: let this <laughs> this race like defeat me you know so no that's good i remember talking to you right after and then a couple of days after and obviously you're gonna everyone is gonna go through that time where like all oh, this sucks like you know but yeah it's, and it's... i
2: was
1: really going through that yeah right and like like uh, i was really thankful for for that conversation that that we had right because like i was really beaten on myself <laughs> and i was just like yeah because i like like a lot of athletes like you expect a lot from yourself Mm-hmm. Right, and when it, when it doesn't go your way, it, it's like almost the end of the world, right? Yeah. But like you and a couple of my other buddies were like, "Man, like sure you didn't finish, but like you still worked hard." And like mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like that doesn't go unnoticed, right? Yeah. And like things happen, you know. You just got to move on and be able to to get back on your horse and keep
2: going. You know.
0: That's the thing that like you said. If you, if you don't learn from it, then it truly is a failure. But if you mm-hmm. learn from it and move forward that's a win you know that's a win that's a yeah as much as it doesn't seem like it obviously but it will be in the end you know when everything is said and done so yeah that that's that's crazy that uh, i keep hearing about that hill and uh, (laughs) a lot of other people have said it's insane so kick the Uh, shit out of me that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely especially yeah the heat man the heat's a killer like that's one thing I know with endurance is like if you could control one thing it would be controlling the heat but obviously you can't so it's just like gotta roll with it you know yeah um yeah I think just one thing I wanted to touch on um that just like from listening to your whole story and everything um I think the the biggest thing that almost nobody or really like nobody truly does is take the time to ask themselves like who am I um you know self-evaluate yourself where do I want to go where am I today how do I get there um and and that year you took where you were working and you're doing all this like knowledge, like gaining knowledge self-evaluation you can kind of see you might not be able to see it right now but I feel like that's going to be like a point in time where you look back and you're like that's where like my I transitioned that was like kind of my turning point I started to realize and 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 actually clarify my life you know um because even for myself like I'm I started I would say I started doing that at the same time you were actually doing it and just not knowing um but yeah as soon as you start asking who I am it makes it a lot easier um to set goals and accomplish them because then you, you you have a solid foundation of like this is who I am, who I want to be, here's where I want to go, you know. And without that, everyone's just going through life um doing what everyone else is doing, you know. And that's mm-hmm. why you see you, I feel like you don't see people break out of the mold like people are just going out uh having drinks, you know, working, working, go home, have your drink, go to bed, wake up, work and Someone's who said is
1: working for the weekend. Yeah, man. That's it's something just, I just can't vibe with, you know?
0: No, exactly. And I think, yeah, it's just, once you know who you are and, and obviously this self-evaluation continues, it's not just a one-time thing, right? Like you're going to change and you're going to, you know, consistently keep up with it. Yeah. So I just thought that was, that was a cool, a cool transition for you uh, in that yeah. year. So, and that's cut,
1: like you said, like, the whole goal setting and stuff. Cause you know, th- like this whole Ironman, it was a goal right, uh-huh. to to complete. And I had like planned on doing other goals after that, but mm-hmm. now we're going to put those on the yeah. back burner because like, I-, I didn't accomplish my goal. So it's like, okay, yep. hey, like don't move on and then forget about it because mm-hmm. it- it'll giving up on it. You're going to give up on the rest of your goals. Exactly. Right. So if you don't, you i'm very much a person who's like do what you say you're gonna do mm-hmm. because if you don't like like you know a, a person like all they really have is their word right so mm-hmm. you, you can choose to to say something and then be like uh yeah i said that in the past i'll so do something else it's like okay yeah you know i i said i was going to do this iron man and if i just like Screw off and just do something else. It's like okay, well, now this habit is going to form. Where you're going to say you're going to do something, and then you're just not going to do it.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, I yeah. With that, um, I know sometimes in the morning I'll have like we'll say it's like a thirty-minute run, right? And and you're you're like, oh, I'm at twenty-five minutes. Like I could just stop now. Like everything would be fine. But that because you didn't finish that extra five minutes in your mind throughout the rest of the day or week it's just going to transition. And right. So it's like, Oh, I didn't finish that goal. Well, now I'm not going to finish you know, whatever it is, meal prepping, you know, yeah, well then it,
1: and it could be totally
2: unintentional too. Right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's good. Um, look forward to, to hearing about the, the training from now till next year, you know, so
2: <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely going to be different, man.
0: Yeah. Do, now, do you plan like every winter? you think you're going to go back to doing those um cold lake swims or is that is that something kind of i haven't really
1: thought about it recently uh-huh. i mean like i wouldn't see why not right yeah and like it, it was the only reason one of the reasons why i was doing it was because it was pretty much it was pretty accessible because my grandpa yeah. lived really close to the lake yeah right and right now i don't i don't live so close to the lake it's more like like i was doing it when i was living at home but it was like ended up being like a two-hour event, basically, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I would have to drive down to the lake, which was like half an hour, and then get into the water, and like that yeah. whole uh, uh, process would take like another 30 minutes, then trying to get back home, like traffic or no traffic, it's like yeah, 20 minutes to 45 minutes, right? So
0: I had to go find oh. a, to a, a scrapyard, find like a, a deep freezer, and just yeah. fill that up with water, and it's, yeah. that'd be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess um, yeah. Anything additional you you want to share, or you got anything else?
1: Uh, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was looking at some of the questions that you were that you provided before. Um, no, I'm pretty much
2: I answered all of those really. Yeah. No, it was, it was um, good. But. Uh, yeah. I I, I pretty much
1: said all I needed to say
0: yeah yeah I think another takeaway as well um I found this a lot with um with athletes coming out of university is a lot of times the athletes will identify with the sport they're in and like that's their personality you know kind of thing it's like oh I am a football player or basketball player whatever and I think when we hear a lot about like mental health issues with athletes exiting university or whatever, I think it's because they identify so heavily with that sport. Right. Um, but for yourself, like transitioning from university sport, I mean, it's kind of forced upon you as well, obviously, but yep. you were kind of able to like, okay, that's not my identity, you know, like, and, and I, I'm assuming it made a bit easier. Obviously it's still hard. Um, but I found you could always see those who identified more with the sport had a difficult time transitioning um, out of that. And I know for myself, like I had, I struggled a bit at first, but then I was like, Oh wait, like I identify as just an athlete in all around life. So like, yeah, I don't have football anymore. Let's go find another thing. You know, let's challenge myself somewhere else in life. And I think that's just something that you did as well as you started looking for other things to challenge yourself um, once you're certain on, on who you were and things like that. And it's just, yeah, if we just go through the transition and we're all just clustered in our mind, right. You're just like, well, how are you going to get anywhere? I mean, you're still, you're confused about who you are, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So yeah, I just, just thought it was, you, you hear it so often, like athletes transitioning out of,
2: people don't understand
1: people don't understand the the effects of like an identity crisis because like Mm -hmm. you said like not really knowing who you are like you don't know what you you don't know what to do you know Mm -hmm. because you like it's easy when you're like oh i'm a football player okay cool like i have to train i have to show up to practice i have to get good grades to stay on the team yeah but it makes it easier right but when that's taken away you're like okay what am i I'm, Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah you can sit here and be like oh i'm I'm jordan adams or you know i i i'm a kid and student whatever it's like okay
3: mm-hmm.
1: what else what yeah. are you trying to do where are you trying to go who are you trying to be
2: right yeah.
1: that's who you are right now but that's not who you could be in like
2: 10, 10 years right and um who is it i think it was a uh, matthew
1: mcconaughey there's a video of him where he receives either like he's he receives some award and he's just like, Yeah, like I'm always chasing me ten years from now. Mm-hmm. Like that's my hero and I'm always trying to be that person. And I'm like, you know what, that's that's true because you know if you're constantly doing that, yeah, you always know what you're gonna what your next move is gonna be so you can make it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um if I were like, if, if anybody who's listening to this is looking for like a tip or anything as to how you do that, get a journal and write in it. Like, even if you don't do it every day, like, honestly, I haven't written in my journal in like a couple months, but I, I, I did it for almost every single day of, of COVID where I was like, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do this week? What am I going to do this month? What's like my, I did like I think it's called a 10 step plan where it's like you go day, tomorrow, week, month, six months, year, five years, 10 years or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably not 10 steps, but um, you just have this, this timeline as to what you're going to do to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And like, whether or not you follow it, like it doesn't matter. It's just that you have
2: that, that, guideline right yeah where you where you know where you want to go yeah
1: and right?
0: yeah you actually you're you know you're 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 taking the time to think about it whereas if you don't then you wake up every day like uh, what am I going to do today okay now you spent half a day figuring it out and yeah
2: yeah
1: oh I'm just going to go to work <laughs> I throughout COVID when I'd be waking up at the, the 4 a.m., I would always put on this this video by Zig Ziglar. Yeah. And it's the video is called, like, How to Structure Your Own Reality. And, it's like, and he says, he's like, are you going to go to work because that's what you did yesterday?
3: Mm.
1: Well, if you do what you did yesterday, you're not going to be as good tomorrow as you were yesterday, or you're mm-hmm. going to be the same, right? So, yeah, I just... Like you, like you said earlier, like you got to keep moving forward, but as long as you have direction, it makes it so much, it makes your time so much worth more.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's definitely the, uh, the 1% better every day kind of, kind of thing. Um, and you can get 1% better, but if you don't have that, that directional goal, well, you're 1% better left this day, right this day, you know, and then you look back, you're like, Oh, I could have been a lot faster at this if I had some direction. Yeah. It just and it it's I think the thing too is it it doesn't happen. It's not going to be a 30 second oh I figured it out. It could be like months. It could take you months to figure out who you are. That's it like you know yeah. it yep. it it didn't take these people ten minutes one day. Oh my god it I'm good. You know? And I think that's like I'm still sitting down trying to figure it out, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> so
1: there's a wow. there's an author named Stephen Pressfield, and my buddy introduced me to him, and he says, put your ass where your heart wants to be. Mm. Right? But in order to do that, you gotta figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he's just just keep working at it because soon enough it'll things will start working for you. Right. And yep. he also talks about how he was an author since he was like in his 20s, but he didn't publish his first book until he was in his 50s. Wow. Right. So it's like, it took him 30 years to get his, huh. his first book published. So that's, yeah, that's dedication. Right. And, and without dedication, you, you have nothing really
0: crazy. So. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. So last thing that just kind of came into my head, um, I saw a lot of people talk about it. Um, I think it was Nick bear, um, just with regards to like solitude. And I think, Maybe it helped you or not. Like when you're in the water, the cold water, like it was literally just you and your mind. And and people don't like that, you know. But I feel like you grew so much from that, you know, just having that place of solitude.
1: Yeah, like especially when you're doing it by yourself, because like not many people want to join you. And like I'm sure, (laughs) like pretty sure one guy did, and other people were like, oh yeah, I'll join you. But like you know, when when the day comes, they're like, oh, I got something. You know, okay. Um yeah. yeah, like it was uh very peaceful because like really not just focusing on anything else other than just making sure you're breathing, right? Mm-hmm. You're just you have to put up with the pain, right? Like it was it was such a surreal feeling because I'd be sitting in the water and I'd be like moving my fingers just to get some blood flow going, right? And like I could feel nothing but like my bones and like the <laughs> That my neurons like the electrical impulses in my neurons like I could feel it uh-huh. you know and that was the coolest thing I, I found right and then once you get out of the water it, it's I mean it doesn't help because now you're wet and it's cold inside mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> right but um, bringing my body back to, to normal temperature whatever it was a, another cool feeling where I'm like you know, even though I'm shivering in my car, like like a like a weirdo, yeah. Um, it it just you don't really think about much other than just staying afloat.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So it, it it in terms of solitude, I guess that's really that's really what you're talking about. Where yeah, nothing else really matters other than just surviving.
0: Yeah, especially like now when you can everyone's like attention span is a five second TikTok, you know like no one can sit there and just 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 relax and
2: yeah, yeah. for me yeah and
0: for me oh go ahead
1: the, the one time like i went from like 20 seconds to 10 minutes right right and at first it's like that those are some slow seconds <laughs> you know yeah. once you start getting comfortable with it and you're just like okay like you already, like, I would sit in my car and kind of make those, those personal contracts where it's like, okay, like I'm going for two minutes, 30 seconds. Yeah. Next time I'm going for two minutes, 45 seconds. Because, like, once you start to realize, like, yeah, it's cold, and yeah, it's painful, but you can, you can put yourself through it, then it, it, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would just be sitting there counting out the seconds in my head one, two, three, you know, <laughs> all the way to, to 10 minutes. And it was just, it was painful and it was, it was hard, yeah. but you know, after you do it and you're like, wow, like, like I'm the only person out here doing this. Like, uh-huh. and it's not like, it's not like you're like feeding your ego or anything, but it's more like you're just, again, proving to yourself that, you know, you're more capable of things than you think.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like I could be laying in my bed right now. It's like but but I'm not, you know, and and it in the end, like you obviously grew so much from it. So leaning into those hard things, it's like we can only you can only really gain from that, right? Like you're gonna learn something from it. I'm not gonna learn anything laying in bed. I mean, unless I'm maybe a meditating, right? But um, yeah. It's good old saying,
1: iron sharpens iron, right? So yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah that's another thing i i wanted to look into is like trying to find like a a mentor or something like that i've heard i've heard a lot of good things with people who who get mentors so that'd be interesting
2: well
1: uh i don't remember who said it but i i would be listening to all these motivational podcasts and it's, they they would talk about stuff like that finding a mentor because like mm-hmm. people have paved the way already right yeah like if you desire to be something somebody's already done it so like yeah finding a mentor or someone who's already done it either just follow the things that they've done or you know if you have the the chance or the, the, the uh, opportunity to have a mentor like that yeah like that that would make it so much better and, yeah. and like you more focused too right because now not only do you have yourself pushing you but you have someone guiding you and and then it can also be like you don't want to disappoint them right Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah it definitely helps out a bit um yeah so i guess the only question i have really now is um so why why do you strive to kind of be an athlete for life now i guess
2: could just be the uh the adrenaline junkie that i am <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um
1: but mainly just wanting to always be better because mm-hmm. that's that's just how i've i've been for so long you know there's always something to improve on you're not i remember uh our coach kp would always say he's like you're not as good as you think you are mm-hmm. right and that's totally true because there's always something you could work on yeah there's always something you could You could achieve there's like like uh me wanting to have my heart rate at like 30 beats per minute you know like it it took it took a while and took like some some hard hard training to get there right um and as like you just got to find what you want to do even though it, it might take a while but just the the competition and and the striving to be better is really why I'm always striving to be an athlete, you
0: know. Sweet, yeah. No, that's a. I respect that one. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's everything from me, and I appreciate you coming on here telling the story. Thanks a lot,
1: man. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was. had some had some fun. It was good, tra- yeah, good
0: yeah. chat. Good chat. Yeah, man. I didn't like some of the stuff you're talking about. Like even even knowing you from football, right? Like I didn't know about some of this stuff. So um, definitely a good learning experience for myself, and hopefully. Those listening, if anyone is, um, they got something from it as well. So I appreciate it.
2: All right. Thanks a lot, man.
0: Thank you.